Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 690 for release on Sunday, May 15th, 2022. On the program today, we return to the early radio scene in the Canadian province of Manitoba. The new Global Radio Guide Summer 2022 edition is now out, and we'll have various items of DX news from it. Well, in the second topic in a mini-series here on WaveScan, we return to the early radio scene in the Canadian province of Manitoba. It was in the year 1910 that Dr. Lee DeForest of the United Wireless Telegraph Company made his first official visit to Winnipeg, Manitoba. Ray Robinson picks up the story. Thanks, Jeff. United Wireless rented an imposing suite of offices in the recently constructed Union Bank building on Main Street in Winnipeg for the purpose of establishing the company's international public headquarters for a growing wireless enterprise. The six-year-old, ten-storey-high Union Bank building, with its steel framework and ornamental stone facing, was at the time the tallest building in Canada. Dr. Lee DeForest arrived in Winnipeg on Wednesday, April 13, 1910, whereupon he was interviewed by news reporters from three different newspapers. As he explained, United Wireless planned to establish a wireless laboratory and factory in Winnipeg, and they'd already leased space for this purpose in Enderton Building at the corner of Portage Avenue and Hargrave Street. They also intended to erect a long-distance wireless station in the Winnipeg area for Morse code and voice communication via a chain of relay stations between their Chicago master station and the Pacific coast. The implementation of voice transmissions was planned with the use of their newly developed Aerophone wireless equipment. On the Thursday evening, April the 14th, 1910, DeForest presented the first of three lectures on recent wireless developments to an overflow crowd in the Science Building in the University of Manitoba. On the following Tuesday morning, April the 19th, 1910, DeForest presented a practical demonstration of his aerophone wireless equipment, both transmitter and receiver, on the roof of the Royal Alexandra Hotel and on the roof of Eaton's department store. The portable transmitter was housed in a polished mahogany wooden cabinet and the receiver in a separate though similar cabinet. The transmitter in a second pair of similar wireless units was damaged in transit, so only one transmitter was in use for the public demonstration, though with two receivers. The public demonstration of wireless transmission took place at two major locations in Winnipeg. The 500-watt portable transmitter was installed on the rooftop of the Royal Alexandra Hotel on Higgins Avenue, and the portable receiver was installed on the rooftop of Eaton's department store on Portage Avenue, a distance of less than a mile. Transmissions in Morse code, speech and music from a gramophone record were transmitted and successfully received, and it was stated that the audio quality of the music reproduction was equivalent to the same sound as gramophone records of that era. The newspapers of the day were profuse with their high commendations for the magnificent success of the experimental radio transmissions. 
So what happened after all that in the extensive De Forest ambitions for radio developments in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. However, in February of the following year, 1911, the first wireless club in Canada was formed, the Canadian Central Wireless Club, with Alex Paulson as the first president and 12 young men as members. The annual fee for membership in this now historic wireless club was 50 cents per year. The club members built their own spark wireless equipment, usually based on a Ford Model T ignition coil. One of their favourite wireless games was checkers, or drafts, using numbered squares. The wireless club members usually played against wireless students who were studying with the new Kelvin Technical College on Harrow Street in Winnipeg. Then during the year 1913, two commercial wireless communication stations were installed in Manitoba in conjunction with the development of a new regional railway line, one at The Pass and the other at Port Nelson. Both stations operated on long wave with 10 kilowatts on 1800 meters 66 kilohertz and the first operators were capable of receiving and sending in two different systems of Morse code, American and Continental. The first test signals were received at the PASS station VBM on November 22, 1913 and early in the next year on February 20, the Port Nelson station VBN was taken into full service. There was also another similar station at Port Arthur which operated under the call sign VBA. However, with changing circumstances after World War I, the railway line was no longer needed, so the two wireless stations, VBN at Port Nelson and VBM at The Pass, were closed permanently. When we visit the radio scene in the Canadian province of Manitoba, we'll look at the introduction of radio broadcasting, which started 100 years ago during 1922. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. This past week, Cyclone Asani reached the east coast of India with winds up to 105 kilometers per hour. Our WaveScan correspondent, Jose Jacob, in India, reports that there was a special all-night transmission last Tuesday night, May 10th to the 11th, of All India Radio Vijayawada on 837 kilohertz and AIR Visakhapatnam on 927 kilohertz in AM mode and on their DRM frequencies. The following is a cyclone warning announcement that Joe's recorded from AIR Vijayawada at 2330 UTC Tuesday, which is 5 a.m. May 11th, Indian time. Akasavani Vijayavarakandram Tufan Hacharika Pasimaja Bangala Katano Epada Tivara Tufano Asani Pasim Vaivia Bangala Katano Gantaku Pandu Kilometer Veganto Gata Argantlundi Painistu Ratri Pathakon Gantlamu Punisha Prantalo Machi Patmanik Dakshna Agninga Tampa Kilometer Dorlano Kakanadaku, Dakshna, Dakshnanga, Motor Bay Kilometer Dorlono, Visakapatanki, Dakshna, Naiti Disga, 
That was a cyclone announcement from AIR Vijayawada, 2330 UTC, recorded by Joe Jacob. Now we have various news items from the brand new summer 2022 edition of Gail Van Horn's Global Radio Guide. It's uh, from Teak Publishing, and you can get uh, more information about it at teakpublishing.com. And Teak is spelled T-E-A-K, publishing.com. China Radio International has recently renamed their English service to CGTN Radio. The station is part of state broadcaster China Global Television Network. Their previous name for English was CRI+. The new website has an abundance of links to explore and claims there is more to offer as a user-friendly content on an expanded platform. Will other language services follow this shift as CGTN Radio? The station has revised its CRI Plus website to www.cgtn.com. We all enter this world with a universal greeting. We then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures, and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the world. An additional General Railway Company Deutsche Director of the International United Nations Climate. Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Join our global network to connect with the world. CGTN Radio. Hear the difference. An announcement there from CGTN Radio, which uh, used to be China Radio International. And before that, Radio Beijing. And before that, I can remember back to the 1970s, early 1970s, when it was Radio Peking. Well, a few weeks ago, we reported about the Russian government station, Radio Sputnik, being aired on an AM and FM station in Washington, D.C. Well, Inside Radio reports that WCRW in Washington, D.C., on the 1190 kilohertz, has ceased airing programming from China Radio International after station ownership came under scrutiny, including for a $100,000 small business loan it received during the pandemic. We are no longer carrying Chinese content, said Brian Lane, co-owner of the Potomac Radio Group. That's what he told the Washington Examiner. He says we are changing to a time brokerage station that will carry various programming, including Spanish programming. Aquí en Radio Nuevo Mundo tenemos tiempos disponibles para que pueda producir tu propio programa radial. Y esta semana tenemos una promoción especial con precios especiales. Escuchaste bien, precios especiales. Aprovecha esta oportunidad. Llama al 703-532-0400. 703-532-0400 y pide más información. Llama al 703-532-0400 de lunes a viernes entre las 9 de la mañana y las 5 de la tarde. That's WCRW in Washington, D.C. The call letters stand for China Radio Washington, WCRW. Well, the Foreign Agents Registration Act filing made by Potomac Broadcasting in December cited by the Washington Examiner, named China Global Television Network, CGTN, as the foreign principal for Potomac. As the filing states, CGTN is under the control of the China Communist Party's publicity department. 
Potomac Broadcasting said it had been paid $4.4 million in programming fees by CGTN and China Radio International from 2019 to 2021. Well, in early April of this year, Anker Peterson of the Danish Shortwave Club International released his annual publication, Domestic Broadcast Survey 2022. The new edition has updated information. Station information is divided into three sections. Part one is the Tropical Band Survey, covering all active stations on 2,325 to 5,130 kilohertz. Part two is domestic stations on international bands from 5,825 to 25,800 kilohertz. And part three is stations between 2 and 26 megahertz that have been deleted from the broadcast, uh, the domestic broadcast survey since April of 2017. The new 2022 edition of the Domestic Broadcast Survey is available for free. You can download it at www.dswci.org. That's uh, as in the Danish Shortwave Club International. www.dswci.org. The 14-page PDF publication continues to be a great addition to any listening post. Jonathan Marks, former host of Radio Netherlands Media Network and curator of the media network Vintage Vault, has an amazing site to enjoy. The Vault covers audio broadcasts between 1980 and the year 2000, which include interviews, commentary, and stories that often remain as relevant in today's headlines as in their original airing. This site will keep you entertained for hours, says Gail Van Horn. From 1980 to 2000, I led a team that compiled Media Network. We explored the background behind international broadcasting, from the Second World War till the dawn of this millennium. Now it's time to share more untold stories with a second series, this time with a camera. You can visit Jonathan Marks's Media Network Vintage Vault at this website, Jonathan Marks. Dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. That's Jonathan Marks as J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-M-A-R-K-S. Altogether, Jonathan Marks at, uh, sorry, not at, dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. Well, after years of being inactive, Lima's Radio del Pacifico in Peru has been heard again using their former 9675 kilohertz frequency. In early April 2022, Chilean hobbyist Claudio Galas logged the station that had been inactive for more than a decade during their evening evangelical programming. Located in the Peruvian capital of Lima, Radio del Pacifico was a popular station to log and verify. It was founded in 1963 by La Misión Alianza Evangélica and Padre Francisco Nitsky. The main purpose of the station has always been to evangelize by radio to the people of Peru and to serve as a communication medium for local and national interest. In 1984, Japanese DXer Takeyuki Inoue visited the station on Avenida Guzman Blanco and reported it as a modern studio for shortwave, medium wave, and FM broadcasting. A set schedule has not been released. However, 
0257 to 0515 UTC has been monitored. Their former schedule of 1100 to 2300 UTC may also be in effect. Αγαπητοί ακροατές, συνδεόμαστε τώρα με το πρώτο πρόγραμμα. Η ώρα είναι 10. Πρώτο πρόγραμμα. 91,6, 105,8 και στα μεσαία στους 729 χιλιόκυπλους. Δελτίο ειδήσεων. The Voice of Greece, a favorite station for decades, announced in midwinter that their shortwave broadcast would end on March 31st, 2022. When the closure did not occur, it was announced the station had received a two-month reprieve, and the Avilda Center would operate on a Monday through Friday schedule until the end of May. The decision, signed by CEO Georgios Gambritsos, had originally announced the planned closure as Shortwave radio was technologically obsolete, but they will re-evaluate the conditions for further continuation or not of its operation. Until their final decision, you can check for The Voice of Greece on 9420 kilohertz, from midnight to 0800 and from 1900 to midnight UTC, although hours can be irregular. Programming is in Greek, but multilingual identifications are given on the hour. CL News reported that the entire RAI network in Italy, RAI, Radio Televisione Italiana, will be shut down by autumn of 2022. 
The news had been circulating for months and rumored as a partial shutdown or a total shutdown. Unless a final reprieve is reached, the massive presence of Italy on medium wave will disappear. The reasoning from dry way is one we have heard before, technological issues and operating cost. With plans to re-examine the issue in late 2022, listeners are left to wonder what will replace the Rai network. Buon ascolto. Avete ascoltato Meteo Traffico Weekend, un servizio di Rai Pubblica Utilità per Rai Radio tutta italiana. Cambierà e prima o poi lei capirà That was one of the Rye networks, Tutta Italiana. Well, in mid-March, European listeners noticed an abrupt change for Luxembourg's RTL evening broadcast, and shortly discovered that the longwave station on 234 kHz was imposing a nightly sign-off at 2300 UTC. After consulting the station, RTL indicated the longwave station was opting to suspend broadcast from 2300 to 0300 UTC to reduce energy cost. Plus, the station had received an increase in transmitter rental fees. At editorial deadline, RTL's continuing overnight status is unknown. music made in Luxembourg. RTL Alix. Well, after a long, hectic day, all of us have our own way of winding down. There's always a long walk, a chat with friends, or listening to soothing music. Well, if the latter is your choice, we have a link for you. Alan Rowe offers hobbyists world music at a selection of music programs on shortwave. It's arranged by 24-hour listings. You can find your favorite music and frequency to tune into. The 44-page PDF is available for free download at BDXC, as in British DX Club, bdxc.org.uk slash music.pdf. Again, that's bdxc.org.uk slash music.pdf. Whatever your music genre, you'll find it there. The British DX Club is also reporting that Monaco's government has received a request to reactivate the longwave station on 216 kilohertz for evening broadcasts in Russian and Ukrainian. Test transmissions have been monitored from RMC in French and have continued intermittently. Vous écoutez RMC. RMC, c'est déjà demain. Avec Anthony Morel, bonjour Anthony. Bonjour. C'est l'une des corvées de notre monde connecté. Taper, retenir, changer nos mots de passe. That was a French ID from RMC, Radio Monte Carlo. When active, RMC 216 Longwave transmitted 1500 kilowatts from Rumoule, France. A recent 1855 UTC sign-off has been observed. Well, all of those items came to us from the new summer 2022 edition of the Global Radio Guide by Gail Van Horn of Teak Publishing. The Global Radio Guide can be downloaded for $8.99. 
More details are available at www.teakpublishing.com. The Global Radio Guide can be downloaded at amazon.com. Well, we end Wayscan today with some Albanian folk music by composer Cristo Corno. Thanks for listening to Wavescan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the Voice of America relay station at Tinang in the Philippines. And our Australian DX report. Several QSL cards are available for Wavescan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for this program to the AWR address in Thailand, I'll give you in a moment, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry wave scan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, B-A-N-G-K-O-K, 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone. Yeah.